Hello. It's your good friend Dan. Time for a podcast. It's your good friend, Dan. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff today, right? Because it's that time of year. So... I'm going to be making some changes with the podcast, and I'm going to talk about that first. Um, One of the changes is that unless something radically changes with the funding for the podcast, we will not be broadcasting after the end of this month on WRMI. It costs us a buck a minute. If we do two shows a weekend, that's 120 bucks. You do four of those shows, that's 480, right? You know, for the standard month. And 480 may not seem like a lot of money, but at this point it is for those of us that can't print it. And I can't. I don't have a good printer. If I could, it wouldn't be a question of ethics. At this point, you live in such a crooked situation that if you were able to print your own money, God bless, go and do it. And if you're going to come back with, well, Dan, isn't that what crypto is? No. No, crypto is is something, but it's not that. Um, Everywhere I go on the internet, for example, SoundCloud, I paid them for a couple years. I paid them 160 bucks a year, 2018, 2019... 2020, 2021. And for that money, I got a shitty user user experience. I got really poor customer technical support. And my channel was shadow banned. And if you don't know what shadow banning is, it's really quite simple. It's where the deep state takes advantage of its control systems to limit your exposure. Sometimes it's as ham-fisted as telling a particular provider of services, you need to cut back on this person's followers. You need, to, you need to limit that. They're not a good entity for people to listen to. I'm done with SoundCloud. I had plenty of evidence that they were doing this. It does not matter. There is no rule of law. And since I hate lawyers, don't worry about it. Everybody's justice is coming. It's the form that is ultimate and perfect, and it's right around the corner, baby. So, fuck SoundCloud. Fuck SoundCloud. Been done with them for a few weeks now. I recently recreated a YouTube channel as an experiment. I will continue to post stuff there, probably, until 
at the time it becomes useful to me, they end up banning that channel completely, but it's probably shadow banned too. Also, whatever. Who gives a crap? But I spent more time with GoDaddy this morning. And let me explain something so you can totally understand it. My website delivers very simple content. I did that on purpose. If you find it boring, that's fine. On purpose, I wanted it to do one thing. To deliver things I write and things I say and things I videotape efficiently without failure. In the last year, my website's been down almost every other day, and I'm not checking on it all the time, GoDaddy, so it's probably down more often. And the excuses I get from them are absurd. And so I'm probably done with GoDaddy as well. I, I don't know. I'm probably going to talk to them about getting my money back, if I can, for the rest of the year, and it's done. The long and the short of it is I'm probably done with the internet, and if the internet continues to exist past next year, I'm still done with it, and I'm probably done with my mobile phone. So if you're asking yourself, what pieces of this dying, wretched thing am I holding on to, the answer is, as of today, none of it. None of it. You can hold on to this corpse as it bloats. You can hold on to this corpse as it sinks. That is your business. If you want to believe that your computer is not infested with spyware, that is your delusion, and you are welcome to it. But I'm done with GoDaddy. I am done with SoundCloud. I am done with all the crypto sites I've tried and been run away from. I am done with the fully infiltrated internet. And if you think the internet's a place for freedom and expression, you are a royal fucking dumbass. Oh God, he just said something mean. We better censor him. Fuck. doesn't mean I'm done. Um, I am done with WRMI because I can't afford to pay for it. I can't expect my friend to help with it. Times are tight, so we're done. After this next weekend, we'll do a, a Halloween episode and a goodbye show. I'm not even sure if any of this will show up because right now I'm just kind of ranting and it could last a uh, it could last 10 minutes, 20 minutes. It could go on for two hours. I have a bunch of notes going back four weeks. Who knows? This could be a super mega two-hour podcast. Who knows? Here's my plan. My plan is to, as of November, look for sponsorship. That's called optimism. I don't think there's any real point to it. I really don't. 
I think it's almost done. And if you haven't come to grips with what that means yet, you will soon, probably in the most painful way possible, like a car hitting a brick wall at 100 miles an hour. You will go through every stage of grieving in probably 15 minutes. If you survive it psychologically, you might have a chance of getting through it. Whatever it is. But if you're going to mindfuck, if you're going to carry on psychological warfare operations against billions of people for two years, whatever you're hiding, it cannot be good. It's not a good thing. Whatever you're hiding with all this nonsense, with all this fourth turning, it could be the 1970s race war, stagflation, wishful thinking, nonsense, Rona, monkey, herpes, nonsense. If you're going to carry on this type of psyop for two years, knowing you're going to drive people crazy or drive people dead, then you must be hiding something pretty fucking awful. That's the truth, though. And if you're going to get all Hanlon's razor on me, then all you're doing is demonstrating the ultimate incompetence of a broken system. Let's solve problems by tossing dynamite. If you think collapse is made better by idiots tossing dynamite, you're also an awful fucking idiot. kind of angry because I pay these people money and I constantly get these weird speeches. Well, not constantly. I often get these weird speeches from people and I, it's a kind of bargaining where they tell me, well, but there's this other place you can go to. It's all the same digital shithole, brothers and sisters. It's a neo-Stalinist crap pie. If you think there's a nicer part of the crap pie where there's more corn kernels and less turds, you go sift for that second harvest, but brothers and sisters, I'm done with the crap pie. It is bullshit. What really makes me laugh is about 10 years ago, I had family, friends, people telling me, you should have a YouTube channel. This is before I even had a Twitter account, a Facebook account. This is before I got into any of this internet bullshit. I knew then. I knew 20 years ago the truth. I told people, the internet's not what you think it is, and they laughed at me. Oh, you're just a crazy person who studies history. What the fuck do you know? I know what these people are good at. They're not good at building things. They're good at destroying things. They're not good at building teams. They're good at building insane asylums. They're not good at building wealth, but they're really good at grifting. They're really good at ripping people off. That is what government is so good at. 
The internet was a government-run operation from the beginning. They stole as much data as they could as their mouths got bigger. And when the chips were big enough to park a battleship, a spyware on them, they put it on the chip. And no amount of operating system massageruji is going to take away the fact that they're logging everything you say and do on the internet, on your phone. Sorry. So you keep out there, you keep mining your Bitcoin, you keep looking for your crypto, the best advice I can give you is rethink your paradigm. You ever hear of the sneaker net? Yeah. Well, that's where Uncle Dan's headed now. I'm going to buy USBs and I'm going to set up tables at farmer's markets. The internet's closed to me, so I am going to go another direction. I'm going to follow the rules of guerrilla warfare. I won't give up until I'm dead. And believe me, whatever strategies I have at this point for getting out the word, they won't nearly be as painless as just allowing a person to have a voice. The game has changed, brothers and sisters. It has. Or maybe it's always been the same. And it's the paradigm that needs to change. But you cannot look at this casino reality and think to yourself, how can I be the nice functionary in the crooked system? No, 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 no. You've got a couple choices. You can A, play by the same crooked rules, or B, get the fuck out of that satanic system. you got options, brothers and sisters. I'm going to the sneaker net. I am not giving up. There'll still be a podcast. And for a while, maybe it'll even be posted to YouTube until they ban me. And who knows, maybe I can set up another website so you can download the MP3s. Who knows? Now I'm bargaining. Now I'm bargaining, if I think about that. If you were to say, well, Dan, can you mail people USBs? I have in front of me, you know, a flash drive I was trying to send to my friend Jim Davidson. It has a little sticker on it that says, not for surface transportation. Yeah, surface transportation only. A little, you know, Mr. Yuck sign over the airplane. Can't send this and, you know. This is so absurd. I'm okay with whatever you want to say, brothers and sisters. If you want to say this is incompetence, okay. You have fun with that. If you want to say it's old-fashioned crookedness, fine. But if you think this tower of overly engineered, overly complicated madness will gracefully decay, then you do not understand nature, engineering, mathematics, or reality. There will be nothing, nothing, Nothing graceful about it. And if you expected to experience your stagflation, your stagflation, 
That's what you've been going through since 2008, at least, brothers and sisters. That was your stagflation. Covered over with a lot of bullshit. What do you think's coming next? The soft landing? Where? Where are you going to land this plane, this Boeing plane? Where do you expect to land and not go tits up? There's no soft landing. And that's best case scenario. That's the scenario where all they're trying to do is be wretched scumbags because they know the system is going to collapse. That's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is they're covering up some kind of bullshit that's so fucking horrible that they're willing to mind fucking gaslight billions of people for two fucking years. You pick your poison, A or B. A is collapse, which is bad, because it's going to be hard. Yeah, there'll be a window for freedom in that, but it'll be hard. Or you pick B, something horribly fucking worse. Something so bad that they want to keep you busy, occupied with bullshit until the last fucking moment. And given the way it's going, they don't control the schedule. If they did, you would have had a Temple Grandin moment sometime in 2019. You would have been watching your favorite Rick and Morty, and right from behind your skull, they would have had a piston gun and would have taken you out. That's how it would have happened if they controlled the schedule. They don't. What you know right now is what I've been saying for more than a year. They do not control the schedule, and this gaslighting bullshit is too awfully fucking stupid to be this fucking random. Race war bullshit. I recorded that with my mind, my soul, and a camera. The Rona around Harborview. Yeah, that National Guard tent was up for two weeks. It was all bullshit, and it still is. And most of you, maybe even almost all of you, have a version of this bullshit that allows you to sleep at night. But here's what I know. I can't send a letter without it being returned. I make phone calls with lots of mysterious clicks on the other end. Okay? I've had people say they donated me money in the mail. (laughs) I never saw that letter. I have emails that never get where they're going. I have emails that are sent to me that I never receive. And as far as the internet goes, every door I've tried to open gets shut in my fucking face. So you tell me the state of the neo-Stalinist wretched lives of other people listening to your phone calls and pissing on whatever principal rights you believe in. What stage of the game do you think we're at?
So I am going to try to go to farmer's markets and um, distribute the show via USB because nobody really uses CD-ROMs or DVDs any longer. I'm saying I'm going to do that, but I'm not even sure there's enough time left for that. I haven't really gotten paid yet for the last couple weeks, and until I get paid, I can't really buy the USBs. That's okay. I'm okay if I don't get paid at this point. Every meager transition towards the inevitable is like a tiny slice. So in me, it's like, I'd rather just end up at the destination, wherever we're headed. I don't know where we're headed. Neither do you, probably. And maybe the people in charge don't know either, and maybe that makes you feel better. Maybe it doesn't. I know we're not headed to FEMA camps, because they can't do it. They are too incompetent. Their resources are shot. If you sell the FEMA camp crap and you're an anarchist, check your belief system, not FEMA camp. We're not headed towards the World Economic Foundation reset because it's worse than the FEMA camp theory, okay? So you're not headed there. You're not going to have some little pod where you're plugged in all the time and you get your pills and your protein cubes and your cockroach slurry and you won't own anything and you'll be really happy according to that Klaus Schwab piece of shit. You're not going there. That's a psyop. That's bullshit. If you think you're headed there, you're practicing a kind of weird, wishful thinking. Not FEMA camps, not the reset. And, and guess what? Probably not stagflation. Because whatever stagflation was in the 1970s, you are definitely practicing, practicing wishful thinking if you think that's where we're headed, okay? Stagflation would be a dream compared to where we're going. Best case scenario, we're going to pay the piper on complexity. It's a math problem, and eventually you pay, and it's not linear. That's the best case scenario. We're going to pay the fucking historical bill, and the bill's going to be big, bigger than all the debt. If you think it's about the debt, you still don't get it. Bigger than that. But I'm going to move on to the next topic because, hey, we got a lot to get through today. A lot of pain, a lot of suffering. So I've been looking for business ideas for the future. And, you know, I'm a dreamer. I'm an optimist. I want to hope. I want to hold in my little squishy heart the juicy, sugary, smiley thoughts and possibilities of angel cakes and fairy pudding and little angels that hand out cigars. I want to imagine... I want to imagine... I want to imagine I want to imagine a fairy tale land of princesses and princes 
you do too. So I thought about this business idea where maybe I could make like millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. And it has to do with something called marinated monkey meat. Now, you know, monkey meat is, is expensive or more likely in many places illegal because maybe you'll get the Ebola or the Rona or the COVID or the monkey herpes if you eat monkey meat. Marinated monkey meat, it'll sell big in Japan, it'll sell big in France, in Germany people will say, is it marinated monkey meat day? tell you. No, marinated monkey meat. And you'll say, well, Dan, where are you going to get the monkeys? And I'll tell you something. It's not easy to get the capuchins or the rhesus monkeys if you're going to make monkey meat. It's not easy at all. But what if you use a rabbit? You see, people are ready for exotic and risky. Like a Hungarian or a Filipino hooker. But they don't want the crabs. They don't want the herpes. They want an exotic, you know, transcendental, risky, kind of crazy experience. And there ain't nothing like marinated monkey meat for that. People are scrambling for marinated monkey meat. Every holiday party this year, they're going to say, don't you have marinated monkey meat on a cracker with a little bit of goat cheese? Do you want your party to suck? the worst holiday party ever? You will. You will if you're not willing to go out and buy. So yeah, this idea is we know some people that raise rabbits. 
you, you basically take the fur off, the skin off the rabbit. You know, you cut off those rabbit feet, you can use them for something else, right? For luck? I don't know why a rabbit's foot's good luck, it makes no sense. If that foot had been good luck, it seems like it wouldn't be on your chain, baby. Yeah, I carry a, the dead leg of a dead rabbit, the dead foot on a chain. It's for good luck, you know? I carry the head of a dead squirrel on a chain. It's for good luck. Hey, is that a aborted fetus in a little glass bottle on a chain? It must be really good luck. It must be good luck, right? Yeah, but listen. Marinated monkey meat will be made from rabbit. We'll add vinegar and whiskey and a little bit of pepper. Maybe some food coloring to make the meat look exotic and stringy and human-like, like it was, you know, monkey meat. And we'll package it up and we'll sell it as marinated monkey meat to Canadians. I mean, excuse me, I mean Canucks. And we'll sell it across Europe, even in, yeah, Denmark. Denmark, the marinated monkey meat will be big in Denmark this year. I think I beat that monkey to death. But I think we can sell it for twenty-one thirty-four a pound. I mean, of course, I'm using the U.S. dollar denomination. So sometime, and let's be optimistic, in the year 2023, Boblin Talk, one pound of marinated monkey meat, a.k.a. seasoned rabbit, one pound will cost you one ounce of silver. You will have to work hard all day. You'll work in the fields. Harvesting the cow and the crops. For a silver coin, you allow an old man to sniff your groin so you can have the monkey meat.
and I'll make, you know, pounds and pounds of gold because I'm not even going to think in dollars any longer. I'm envisioning the future. I'll make cords of wood in terms of wealth. I'll earn pounds of silver and gold. The marinated monkey meat business of Utah will be big. Maybe not as big as selling oil to the crombo freaks of the desert, but it'll be almost as big as the long pig, as the long, as the rebranded long pig franchise of Taco Bell. You see, in the year 2025, Bob Limtock, Taco Bell will run out of beef. There will be a corporate rebanding rebranding meeting and they'll say, listen, our brand of Taco Bell won't work any longer. We have to we have to rename it to fit what we're doing. And and they went around the table and they ended up with, well what about Jocko Hell? You know, Jocko's a nice name for some crazy clown that you send out on his tricycle. You send out Jocko at midnight to get you your taco meat for your taco truck. You say, I'll pay you in cash. I don't know, want to know where the meat came from. Make sure you take off the tattoos and the piercings. We don't want people seeing that when they get their carne asada. Yes, Jocko Hell will be the number one fast food franchise of 2025 Bull Blimtock. You will want to go there every Friday night with your sexy and glamorous barbarian wench. You'll want to order the nicest drinks, the best food from Jocko, Jocko Hell. Just make sure that you don't, you know... make sure you get out of there because some nights they get a triple order and they're just looking for meat I love it when people say things. It'll be as bad as the 1970s. What did Dr. Freckles say? <laughs> nah, bro. It's going to be as bad as the 1370s. It'll be as bad as the 1970s. Talk about bargaining for pain. Oh, can we just have a little bit of stagflation? Can we just have a little bit of imperial collapse? And we'll take a side of Rona. Because that'll allow us to sleep at night. You know, if I can just believe this nonsense, I get to sleep. And that's the key. Next topic. Next topic. Biden wants 600 bucks. Yes, indeed, brothers and sisters, Biden wants $600. You read that, didn't you? 
I know that story is a couple weeks old, but I think it's funny. Every day, every week, um, and it's not just Biden, it's, it's almost every bozo. Even Rand Paul, in his own weird way, is supporting the PSYOP. I don't know if he is owned or not, but the way that he engages on these topics reinforces the COVID is kind of real and we can vote our way to freedom again. What a load of bullshit. The only thing I'll say about Rand Paul is he's playing the hero in the World Wrestling Federation sense pretty well. He's doing a good job. You know, Trump's been knocked out. Now he's coming in. He just got tag-teamed in. He's up against Willie the Viking and the giant freaks of Sector 12. And they do the flame toss. That's professional wrestling, baby. Yeah, so there's a story, and it's in the notes for this podcast. I'm not going to say broadcast, because I doubt this one will get on the air. But there's a story that was on Zero Hedge. And I really should just call Zero Hedge the epic times, because it seems like every story that is Vestia, excuse me, Zero Hedge is reporting these days. I was going to say Pravda, but, you know, I didn't want to insult them too bad. Yeah, it seems like Zero Hedge, a.k.a. Isvestia, a.k.a. the Epic Times. They should be called the Epic Times because almost every other article is coming from this phantom news source that once again promotes a version of the PSYOPs that'll allow you to sleep at night. So let me read you something that, so you can sleep at night and you can pretend it's only this bad. Let's do that. Let's play pretend. Headline... Republicans warned Biden's IRS $600 disclosure plan could lead to the surveillance state. Stop right there. Could lead to? If you're an idiot and you read an article like this and you get past the headline in 2021, could lead to surveillance state, check yourself out, check yourself in. Get ready to become Jocko Hell. Someone's going to be dating in 2025 on your, you know, <laughs> tattooed flesh. Could lead to a surveillance state. Might lead to. Really? Could? We're there. In fact, we're past there. They reached the peak of what they could do, and now all they have left is fear. And it turns out, for most of the motherfuckers in the United States of America... All you ever needed most of the time was fear, and it will last a while. won't last forever, though. When people start dropping dead from hunger, you know, it's already happening in other places in the world, then, then the fear starts, stops working, and you're dealing with just animals, and animals will just tear everybody apart. But that's another topic. Republicans warn Biden's IRS $600 disclosure could lead to a surveillance state. Republicans are sounding the alarm over blah, blah, blah. You know what, folks? I'm going to skip to the end on this one and just tell you bullshit. All of these frightening, terrible things that they seem to be threatening every other day, it's stuff they've already done or tried and they don't have the resources to do. 
They do not have the resources to collect you up. They don't have the resources to orchestrate some massive genocide. They might have the resources to poison you, but folks, poisoning is a relatively cheap affair amongst the rich. Ask Bill Gates. Bill Gates and his various, you know, philanthropic operations have been poisoning people in the third world for a couple decades now. So yeah, these motherfuckers are fairly good at poisoning people, but other than that, they're mostly just good at being grifters and shitheads. I didn't do a tax return last year. I did one the year before because, you know, to get some money. I don't think I'm going to do tax returns ever again. I skip pretty much every year for many years. I don't care if the IRS comes to see me. I don't have anything left to give. And if they want to throw me in jail, you can choke on me. You can choke on me. You can choke on everything that I might do but won't say. You can take me to your max. The one that costs you the money, the money you have to print, and you can't really get parts anymore, you know? Because that means the prisons are falling apart too. And that means the prison, the prison guards are susceptible to bribery. And that means a guy like me just needs a few clever friends with money. Maybe turn some cocaine. Maybe make a weapon. Maybe teach some people how to take out a bunch of other people who deserve it. That's what you'll get, IRS, if you toss me in jail. I will make my entire purpose in life to make everyone's life miserable. And if you don't think I'm capable of doing that, why don't you try? But what I know is simple. You do not have the resources. No amount of computerization is going to help you. You are an 800-pound person in a bed with an easy coaster electric scooter that gets you to 7-Eleven for your six-pack, but that's about it. And every once in a while, your battery runs dry, and you have to ask the local kids to push your fat ass back to the house. That is the United States federal government in 2021. 600 bucks? This is a joke. The Federal Reserve will be farting trillions over the next few months. Despite all the taper talk, despite all the, the BS propaganda, they will continue to fart trillions in liquidity. The system will continue to fart trillions in liquidity. They know something that I think is true. They have to keep the plate spinning. They will do every trick they can like every good casino, like every good grift. They will use every trick they can until there is nothing left to steal and until there is no time left. And then, brothers and sisters, the whole thing will simply collapse. It will. And we probably are already in collapse. It's just we're in the slow part. That's why a lot of you guys are bargain hunting for things like, hey, it could be stagflation. Oh, maybe it's another Great Depression. Oh, maybe it's like the East India Company. Or the Mississippi Bubble. You're 
bargaining for realities that don't even remotely approach what is coming. If we are lucky, we're going to experience an event that generally only occurs about every 500 or 1,000 years. If we're lucky, we're going to go through what the Western Roman Empire went through in the 5th century. If we're lucky. If we're really, really lucky. If we're not so lucky, you don't know what it is. I don't either. I think they've been lying about so many things, it's hard to peel out the truth. During WikiLeaks, when they released all those secret communiques, one of the secret communiques was what? It was the Obama administration talking to Saudi Arabia back in 2009 and 2010 about how they were 60% pumping water from Gawar. What does that mean, 60% pumping water from Gawar? It means that the largest conventional oil field in the world is almost empty. And all those reports of those massive fines they find, if you do the math, but they know you went to a public school so you can't do the math, all those massive fines don't amount to a hill of beans unless you want to see three to four billion people die. But that's if you're lucky. If you're lucky, it's just that, right? But what do you believe? Do you believe the lie? Do you believe WikiLeaks? What source of information do you trust at this point? And I'm not asking you to trust me. I never have. One thing I try to tell people is think for yourself and do your own research, assuming such things are still possible. The $600 financial transaction disclosure that the government wants, it attacks one group of people. And it's called poor people. People with no money. It doesn't attack the people that are doing the crooked shit. It doesn't attack Goldman Sachs. It doesn't attack J.P. Morgan. It attacks people like you and people like me. And so when Elizabeth Warren gives a speech saying it's going to fight corruption, she knows that's a lie. And she must know she's a liar. The disclosure of 600 bucks is absolutely an attack upon poor people and absolutely impossible for them to do anything with because you have to go through the thought process. Imagine they started doing this. I, I work with software. The, the efficiency and the expertise of software engineers is going down like a Boeing airplane. It's not going up. So what you're expecting from the system is something it won't even be able to deliver. Yeah, they surveil us. Yeah, they watch us just like the Soviets did, and just as efficiently in our own way. It's why I call it neo-Stalinism. It's not the old-fashioned kind. It lasts a little longer. But eventually it craps out. Imagine. How are you going to enforce it? Who are you going to send to somebody's door? Are you going to block transactions? Are you going to, are you going to take the money from the account? 
That means people will leave the financial system completely. That means the exit door will fly open. And I don't know how to break it to you. For good or for bad, probably good, given what public schools produce, it means people go to barter. It doesn't mean they go to Bitcoin. I'm sorry, jackass. If you think the answer to this equation is all the public school students who barf out of the financial system because they literally don't have 600 bucks for food, they don't go to Bitcoin, dumbass. They go to their neighbor. They go to their cousin. They go to a family member who raises chickens and has eggs. That's where they go. So tell me again about this $600 plan, buddy. Because I don't give a shit if they arrest me. I don't have a fucking reason to hang out with a lot of these wretched slaves at this point. I don't. Most of you disgust the fuck out of me. Not all, but my God, a significant majority. And so if you all want to ride the canoe down the fucking hole and die, at this point I gotta say I salute you, sir. Grab a stick of dynamite, a fifth of tequila, an angry farm cat and go. Next topic. I've got a quote from Dr. Freckles here, but I don't know if I want to read it. Here's Dr. Freckles. The state, meaning the government, works for some people for a small period of time and in exchange wreaks havoc on the world, killing millions, winning. That's a bit of a convoluted statement, but we all know this. Griffs work for some people. Pyramid schemes, the really successful ones, work for some people. They do. Bernie Madoff made money for some people. He didn't make money for everyone. For most people, it was a grift. But for some people, it was a payoff. You go to a casino. You go pay blackjack. If you're really, really good, they'll ask you to leave. You go to a casino. You play the poker. If you're really, really good... They'll ask you to leave. If you go to some table with some device, maybe, maybe throwing dice, maybe, spinning a wheel, but if you win too much, the casino asks you to leave. The reality is you can go to a casino and you might make a hundred bucks. But the casino operates on the basic numbers that says, according to the way they do things, they will always make money. According to the formulas, they will always make money. And you will, in that royal sense of the we, in aggregate, always lose, even though individually you might win. And if you win too much according to their formulas, they will simply ask you to leave. The government of the United States does work for some people. If you participated in the house flipping thing, this more or less, yeah, spawned a huge amount of homelessness. Good for you and all that homelessness you made. You made some money. If I were you, I'd cash out soon. 
Because if you can't protect that piece of property, you will find out soon you do not own it. But don't take it from me. Wait and see. You got a holiday property in Hawaii. You got a little cabin on Kamano Island. You got a timeshare in Colorado. But you live in Bellevue with three cats. You've got people who say they're watching it for you. So it's all fine, right? If you own a piece of property that you cannot physically guard, there's a very good chance in the near future you're going to lose it. But yeah, for a while, people who flipped homes made money. I'm not going to say God bless because they also produced a lot of homelessness as an externality of their definitely socialist Fanny Freddy mortgage bankruptcy up the butt hollapalooza crapola. Good for you. You made some money. Get out if you can. Get out. Get out of those things because those things are going to melt away and that is best case scenario. But for a while, it worked for you. If you were a member of the grifter class, it worked for you. If you were getting freebies because you had Microsoft Amalga, one of the crappiest software systems ever built, forced on the hospital system in 2010, it worked for you, Peter Tarnock Hoxie douchebag. But it's over. If you're making money off the bloated hospital healthcare system shebang, it is a gigantic disgusting grift after the Rona bullshit if you don't know it yet you're truly missing a few brain cells it's over will there be doctors and nurses in the future of course are they going to be part of some insurance complex no and those hospitals a lot of them will be abandoned government works for a while for some people it's a grift Eventually, it stops working for everybody. Next, next quote from Dr. Freckles. Rick and Morty is just a slightly less depressing fringe. Okay, what does that mean? So there was a show on FX or Fox between 2008 and I think 2013, 2012, 2013 called Fringe. And it was a pretty good show and some people think it was just kind of like X-Files Part 2. But I've been watching Rick and Morty and both of these shows deal with the subject of the multiverse and interestingly, interestingly enough, they both deal a little bit with the topic of things like kidnapping across dimensions. Um, and, you know, it's a topic in a lot of this multidimensional stuff. In fact, in some ways, it's a core topic in the history of fantasy as literature. The idea of substituting, becoming someone else, stealing someone else's child and never being caught. There's a lot of stuff in Rick and Morty that reminds me of Fringe. And the only thing I could say is, even though Fringe was sometimes funny, it's very depressing. 
Rick and Morty is just not as depressing, but the topics are just as ugly. You know, the topics involve mass death and murder, and the thing that makes it all okay is the multiverse. It's like a magical wand. Well, don't worry. Somewhere, some way, somehow, there's some shitty version of you still doing okay. I don't know even I don't even know why that would be a comforting thought really because it also means there could be a version in fact if there could be there is there is a version of you that's a killer that's a killer and a murderer and a hunter and a thief and a scumbag and a scoundrel if you believe in the multiverse it's not just that there could be there is a version of you if you think you're all that that's a total loser and a shitbird so why is this multiverse garbage so comforting? Next topic. Oh, another quote from Dr. Freckles. Hospitals, the best bioweapon lab since the 12th century. Yeah. You know something, guys? Prior to the Rona, if you wanted to find the most dangerous bacteria fungi, single-celled organisms, and viruses in the world, if you wanted to find the nastiest little creatures, probably the best place to go would have been a hospital. I remember going around the stairwells of Harborview 10 years ago and being disgusted by the fact that it seemed like the walls were moving. I mean, there was a shimmering shimmer, a glowing glimmer, and like you could hear the voices, the song of the fungi, they're going to wage war against the bacterial armies in Sector 21 across from the radiological lab. The most dangerous bacteria that have ever existed currently live in every American hospital. The most dangerous fungal spores, fungi that you can imagine are in American hospitals. If you put together a bunch of sick people, really poor ventilation, poor exposure to ultraviolet, terrible, terrible, you know, workflow planning, um, admit, discharge, transfer, you should follow that transfer route. You'll find out it goes all kinds of nasty places in Cerner and the hospital. You've got radiation, you've got poison, you've got sick people. You basically have a Nazi lab or a Japanese lab in China from World War II. Yeah. Hospitals, the best bioweapon lab since the 12th century. Another quote from Dr. Freckles, if you have diabetes, do not drink Utah beer. 
go to the Utah liquor store, avoid the sugar poison, Yeah, so I moved to Utah in April, the end of March, beginning of April. And yes, I'm a beer drinker, you know, Beer Drinkers Anonymous. I don't really care to talk about it too much. On a bad day, I'll drink 12 of them, okay? Very rarely does that happen. On a typical day, I'll drink six or I'll drink zero, Um but usually if I crack one open, I get to six. And I don't care about your opinion on that topic. We are all living our own lives. And if you're going to give me some speech about health, uh, health, when I see the shit they're spraying in the sky every day, fuck you, health. You, you took the vaccine. Fuck you, vaccine man. You can keep your health advice in your asshole where it belongs. So fuck you. Did I say fuck you? But anyways, I will tell you this. The Utah beer is not good for you because I think there's way too much sugar in it. Like, I'm kind of thinking that the beer companies, you know, are being lazy. They're removing percentages of alcohol by, you know, not properly fermenting the beer. I think that we're getting beer where some of the sugar should have been converted to alcohol, but don't. So you basically are drinking a bunch of sugar. And I got to say, I drank the Utah beer for a few months and my diabetes didn't get a lot worse, but it really didn't get much better. And then a few weeks ago, I decided, you know what, I need to stop drinking that Utah beer. If I'm going to drink beer, just go to the liquor store, get the kind with some appropriate level of alcohol and drink that. Anyways, I'm having conversations about behaviors I'm not proud of. And unlike you vaccine freaks, I have the courage to say I'm not proud of it. And by the way, you shouldn't be forced to participate. So I got that on you. Fuckhead. Next topic. Just stay away from that Utah beer. Because it'll give you the sugar diabetes. Stay away from it. Next topic. Maybe I should load up on coffee first. What do you guys say? Hmm. Okay, well I got my, well I just put that on pause and you didn't notice, I was able to get myself some cocoa mixed with some coffee, mixed with love, mixed with understanding, mixed with perspective, mixed with plastic, mixed with redigested debris from a dying French bulldog. That's right, redigested debris from the body of a Frenchie. Considered to be the most advanced of all the chemical convolutions. An additive to foods and other items since the 1930s. It'll give you power. Power over the priestess. Power over love. 
Next topic. Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles. If you're going to have problems, make them interesting. Now, I will say that one's hard to interpret because some people interpret problems in emotional terms and some people interpret problems in logical or rational terms. But if you're going to have a problem, make it interesting. A few weeks ago, I was talking to my boss um, about the project I'm working on and we were talking about this certain type of analysis called key date analysis. This is where you take a particular financial instrument, a stock or a commodity, and in sequence, this isn't, this isn't fully combinatoric, this is not factorial. Using temporal sequence rules, you combine them. You say, given N1, compare N1 to N2, N3, N4, N5, and you do this for every date and every value let's say it's the closing value for that commodity of that stock, and then you compare percent change, and then you figure out, based on the value of the stock, on average, you know, in general, did that particular stock 70% of the time or 80% of the time make money? And it is an interesting kind of analysis, but because of the type of analysis it is, because of the type of analysis you're doing, it tends to have a brute force behavior because other than having rules for exclusion, for example, you can exclude holidays, you can exclude weekends, so you can exclude dates for basis of comparison. But other than that, um, you pretty much have to compare all n items and worst case, you end up with what is, you know, n squared or polynomial time. In computer science terms, that means if you have to do 10 things, let's say there's 10 things you have to do, it's gonna cost 100. Think of it that way. That's what polynomial time means. It means the cost is 100 for doing 10 things. N squared. Well, it's an interesting problem. And the thing is, if you can find solutions to problems that are nonlinear, um, and this is an example of a nonlinear problem. If you can find linear solutions to nonlinear problems, that's a big deal. So this is an interesting problem. I'm not saying I'm smart enough to do it. I'm simply saying it's interesting. Now, if it's a girlfriend, if it's a girlfriend and she's being chased by vampires and she's got blonde hair and she's got blue eyes. She calls herself the Slayer. That's an interesting problem. The vampires might not be real, right? So that means your girlfriend is crazy, but that's interesting too. The thing is, if you're going to have problems, whether they're emotional problems, psychological problems, mathematical or scientific problems, they should at least be interesting. So at least you're willing to focus on it and stare at it. And interesting is subjective, right? What's boring to one person is interesting to somebody else. 
a lot of people look at a fishing lure and they say, that's boring. But if you take that spinner, that Rapala crankbait, and you toss it into the pond, that fish says, wow, what the fuck is that? So, you know, that fishing lure, that Rapala, that rooster tail, that fishing lure, that rubber frog may seem boring to you, but to that bass, to that trout, to that salmon, it could be interesting or annoying, but the point is worth biting. And then if you get caught by that hook, that's interesting too, isn't it, if you're the fish? That's right, Dr. Freckles, if you're going to have problems, make them interesting. Next topic. We're, we're, we're doing a great job here. Another quote from Dr. Freckles, life is an, is an excellent teacher if you can survive that bitch. Life is. I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. What does it mean to be wise? It might just mean to be old and not dead because you almost died a couple times. You remember that time in 1987 when you took Digby Corner at 50 miles an hour in that Ford Fairmont, not a very good car, not a good year, straight six, very weak. It was a rainy night. And Digby Corner has a posted speed limit of 15, not 50, baby. But I'm not dead. There was a night I, wrote, I drove on railroad tracks. A night coming back from a friend's party where I, yeah, I honestly was out in the middle of nowhere and I was tired. And I drove off the road, thankfully off the road. There have been many nights involving many things, you know, climbing onto cruise ships shimmying up ropes, you name it. I've done one or two really terrible things, but I haven't been killed yet. Now you could say, well, Dan, does that make you wise or lucky? And this is the trick. Some people that grow old are just lucky old fools. And I could very well be a lucky old fool in a way. I mean, I am 51 now. I am 51 and I was born in the last century But I, I might have some wisdom, too. Life is an excellent teacher if you can get through it, if you can survive it. It is. We learn a lot from life. I'm a Christian, not always a good one. And my faith is being tested these days, and that's where I'll leave it. But 
the Lord in heaven gave us a world that would be challenging and difficult. It's not Eden. We're not really in this push-button existence of, you know, no conflict for resources and whatnot. It's not Eden. It's difficult. It's difficult. It's got problems. Lots of interesting problems. I mean, we have tons of interesting problems. And then we form governments that become machines for generating problems. And so we don't have any lack of problems here in reality, in our space. We've got plenty. And we have plenty of time. we got plenty of time. There's all kinds of time. Not necessarily for you, not necessarily for me, but the time is always there. We may not get to use it. Maybe it'll be the dog people. Maybe it'll be the shrimp. Maybe it'll be the orca whales because of Fukushima. Can you imagine Fukushima orcas rising out of the water, chasing down the human, crushing the human skull with their giant orca jaws? That is coming, brothers and sisters, maybe. And if you survive that bitch, then you become the teacher. You become the teacher. Yeah. I got a lot of quotes from Dr. Freckles to get through. Here's another one. Christmas Eve in Chicago? Huh. That's just Tuesday in hell. Yeah. So back in 2006, I think, I was going to visit family for Christmas in Chicago in a suburb called Oak Park. I was taking the L train. I was taking the red line, I think. We stopped in Lake or whatever. We stopped at a stop. And a couple of these kids got on. I don't know. They were between 15 and 18. And they were drunk. Probably off of Mickey's. Probably off of some hooch that somebody bought for them. And they came up to me and said, Give me your wallet in a really drunk way. And I could only say, I don't have a wallet. And they were drunk because this immediately caused their eyes to flip over and the little light on their head started blinking because they were processing at too high a speed. And they said, give me your wallet. I said, I don't have a wallet. And they looked at me with their beady little eyes. The train slowed down and I made it look like I was going to get off. I was married. I was never going to get off. But I did make it look like I was going to get off. And those two kids did. Christmas Eve. And here's the thing. I probably pissed them off because I tricked them. And so they probably found an old lady and bashed in her skull. They probably found a young college student and tore her to pieces as they took her wallet or her purse. They probably did terrible things. You don't know. I don't know. There is no happy ending in Chicago. There isn't. Probably for most cities at this point, if you want interesting problems and you live in a city in 2021, <laughs> be careful what you ask for. 
because every day will be a new interesting problem. Every day will be an immersive multi-user dungeon called reality. And you will avoid the obstacles and the concertina wire, the crooked cops, the thug armies, the BS PSYOP mechanics. You'll have freakazoids coming up to you with mallets and hammers, and you're going to have to get through it. It's the real game, baby. It's the real Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto. Maybe we should call it Grand Food Blotto. Because people will be blotto on paint remover, on nail polish crunctus. They'll be drinking kerosene. They'll drink aviation fuel. They'll smoke their skrinkus. They'll shoot up their sklink. They'll shoot it into their eyeball. They'll shoot it into their eardrum. And then they'll come for you, baby, on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Chicago. Christmas. Another quote from Dr. Freckles, power, power, you know, power, power over people, power over crops. Power is a sweaty stick of dynamite. Only the insane covet power. Now, I've talked about this. People really don't understand the difference between leadership and ruling. But, you know, we got a society of rulers. Um, really terrible, janky-ass, right-angle metal rulers. We have lots of metal rulers out there who think they're ruling things. And if you oriented that particular right-angle ruler the right way, it looks like a big L. A giant L on their forehead. Rulers need guns and threats. Rulers need fear and prisons. Rulers need torture and lies. Rulers need fear. Rulers need chains. Leaders actually propose good ideas. Leaders try to influence. Rulers will point a revolver at the back of your head as you're looking into a trench, pull the trigger, and kick your body in. Leaders will say, if you don't want to participate, go! No punishment, no pain, 
But the one thing you don't have a right to do is fuck it up for the rest of us. So go. We've got a project we're working on. You don't believe in it. Here's a solution. Get the fuck out of here. But actual leaders won't even say it that way. They'll just simply ask you to leave. Leaders use influence and reason and logic and most importantly, good ideas. Rulers use threats and violence and pain. And obviously add psyops. People who seek after power have to be crazy. They really do. Because anybody with a soul, if you're given that kind of power, immediately says, who do I know that I can trust that I can give this power to. That's what a good person says. A good person gives the power away. I'm not talking about wealth that you earned. I'm not talking about your gold and your silver or the property that you can lay your feet upon because guess what? Those cops aren't going to protect your timeshare in Hawaii. They're not. When the day comes. <sighs> Leaders propose an idea or a plan or a project, and they seek to convince you. Rulers? They tell you if you don't take the vaccine, you don't get to eat. Rulers? They spread fear of Chinese hypersonic missiles so your country goes bankrupt. Rulers? They print money, but then they'll blow your head off if you try to do the same thing. Rulers? They want to grab that sweaty stick of dynamite because they think it's an intelligent thing to do. That's what rulers do. If you don't know the difference at this point in American history, like I said, you're probably a crackhead idiot. Why the fuck are you listening to me? Rulers seek after the sweaty stick of dynamite. Rulers seek after the ring of power. Leaders want to solve a problem and go home. Not make an industry out of problems. How do you like your masters in public administration now, baby? Next topic. Oh... So I've been walking dogs here in Utah, and one of the dogs is a Sharpay, a wonderful dog named Boomer. And Boomer's a handful, but he's a good dog. But we walk around this area we call the poop field because essentially it's a field with some trails in it where the dogs feel really comfortable pooping. I don't want to go into it, but we call it the poop field. But every once in a while, a homeless person will camp out in the poop field, and some particular homeless person left a giant dookie about three, four months ago, and it's been drying and fermenting and breaking down. But anytime I walk the dogs by this spot, and I know I brought this up before, they can't help but obsess on the dried turd. So I got a, I got a quote from Dr. Freckles. Love is a dried up old turd. Love is a dried up old turd. But we can't help but bite in. We can't help but swallow. Love is a poop pot filled with acidy poop, but we can't help but add curry and mix in some chicken. 
Next topic, next topic. Sword of Damocles Society. Um, and this is related to that thing about power. A lot of people, and it's really funny because it comes up in this whole Rona mess. It's like, well, you can't have freedom if someone's dying from a germ. Oh my God. There was a smallpox epidemic during the American Revolution. Nobody stopped because of it. And not everybody got the pox vaccination, which did kind of exist at the time. They didn't stop. They knew there were diseases. And they had enough understanding about plagues that they thought, well, gee, we have a Bill of Rights until there's a plague. Assuming it's a real one. I, I think the Rona is mostly bullshit. It's the most convenient little psyop that most of you cowards keep in your heads so you can sleep at night. But a lot of you cowards and power mongers and slaves, you believe the only way you can have a society is if it lives under constant threat. But I'm going to tell you something, little buddy. If you're already scared, get ready for this, you fuck. If you build a Sword of Damocles society and then the sword goes away, what kind of a neighbor or neighborhood or community do you think you have? If you truly think the only way society can be held together is by constant threats and fears and psyops and other forms of existential concertina bullshit, what happens when the concertina wire goes away? You see, you have to accept, Mr. and Mrs. Slave, that there's another side of the rainbow. And again, you probably think the system can go on and on and on and on forever because you studied math at public school. I'm telling you, that's not how it's going to happen. It's going to work until it doesn't. The plates will spin until they hit the floor. And that sword, that sword of Damocles that hangs over society and might fall on any of us, when that goes away, you'll find out about your neighbors. You'll find out about that public school education. You'll find out about the moral relativism of a degenerate collapsing empire. And if people get hungry enough, you'll find out if your neighbor's willing to eat you. Oh, Dan, that could never happen. Look up library candy, asshole. Ask yourself how bad shit can get. Look at the food you're already eating, you have been eating. The Norman Borlaug nutritionless food paradise. The paradise of food that's got all the calories and none of the fucking vitamins, baby. We were starving ourselves 50 years ago, but we didn't even know it. But Dan, um, no, don't but Dan me, Mr. Aluminum. Believe me, between you and I, we all have enough aluminum in us at this point in our brains that we should all be going fucking crazy. So tell me what happens, brother, sister, human, when the sword of Damocles goes away. Tell me what happens when it becomes obvious the cops, if they were ever going to show up or ever did, would never show up again. Tell me what happens to your neighbors that grew up in a wretched empire when the empire collapses. I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert. Most of them will be worse pieces of shit and probably a danger to you and everyone you love.
Yeah, if you live in a city right now, you should count yourself lucky, baby. Very soon, and I don't know when, and you should, you should pray, I'm either wrong or it's a long ways off. Very soon, you're going to find out and you're going to have some really interesting fucking problems. Food, water, shelter. Security. It'll be interesting. Oh, and that masters in public administration, how can I put this? It's not going to help you. In fact, if anything, if people find out about it, they might stone you to death. That's the future that's coming, Mr. and Mrs. Voter, Mr. and Mrs. Statist, you, you faithful believers in government, huzzah. You created an insane asylum, and the, ins the asylum keepers are going to go away. They'll be unpaid. The 800-pound person's going to have a stroke. Okay? It will choke on its own printed money. Then what? Next topic. Oh, boy. Here's a good news story. We should read a happy news story, shouldn't we? Here we go. This story comes from the New York Post. This story was published on October the 23rd. The title of the story... <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, actually, no. The article was originally published on June the 3rd. So this goes back to June. Here's an article from June in the New York Post. The author is Yaren Steinbuch. Here's the headline. Decomposing body of 79-year-old woman found partially eaten by her cats. What a way to go. And I read on, I read on, Spanish police reportedly discovered the body of a 79-year-old woman who had been, and I quote, devoured from her waist up by her cats. After they were alerted to a foul odor emanating from an apartment in Madrid, Clara Inez, Inez Tobon, Tobon, a Colombian national who had lived alone since 1996, is believed to have been eaten by at least five of her seven felines. The UK's Metro reported, citing the Spanish daily newspaper El Mundo. She had been dead. She had been dead. For at least three months before her severely decomposed corpse was found Monday. A police officer told a neighbor that the woman had been eaten from the waist up, according to the report, adding that the gruesome discovery in the feces and garbage-filled home was the worst the cop had ever seen. <laughs> oh boy, that's either a lie or you're not a, you haven't been around long. Tests are going to be performed to determine whether Tobone had been sick with the COVID-19. Ho, ho, ho! Gotta spread the psyop and the cat story. After neighbors told cops they feared she might have become ill with the virus. 
The woman also reportedly suffered from Diogenes syndrome, otherwise known as senile squalor syndrome or how to clean up your apartment like Dan Sullivan syndrome. A disorder characterized by self-neglect, apathy, and a compulsive hoarding of garbage or animals. Neighbors first became concerned about Tabone when she wasn't seen feeding stray cats or visiting a local fruit market, which she often did, according to Metro. But it wasn't until a horrible smell started emanating from her apartment that authorities were called. Five of the seven cats were found dead, and their stomachs had been ordered to be tested for human remains. The other two cats were in very bad shape and sent to the Municipal Animal Protection Center. That's your good news story for today. That's right, that's your good news story. If you're lucky... Here's an interesting outcome from interesting problems. If you're lucky, you might be eaten by cats, right? Next topic. So I have discussed this issue, and in some ways this is a dead horse, but I don't know. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. The government can't print money fast enough to fix the problems created by the printed money. In fact, I would go a step further. The government can't print money fast enough to fix the problems it creates. This is called a race condition. And race conditions happen when you have multiple systems that need to interact, but don't do so in a synchronized way. In mechanical systems, this usually leads to failure. Um, in software systems, this usually leads to a crash. In the human governmental systems, I guess we're about to see what happens. But here's the key point. The government can print money faster and faster and faster. It will never print money fast enough to fix the problems they created. Ever. Period. No amount of debt will fix the problems created by the previous debt. And usually what our government does with the real debt, like, for example, with the Marshall Islanders, where we tested hydrogen bombs for a bit and we polluted the landscape and we buried it in a pit barely above sea level and said, thank you very much, Marshall Islanders. That's a good example of a giant turd the government will drop on you. That's real debt. And that's a real problem. And that's how we solve them. Not us, but that's how the government does it. It creates a problem. It can't fix it with printed money, so it just gives it to somebody else. It's kind of like Fukushima when they told people to burn the radioactive waste. Did you know that? Did you know right after Fukushima, TEPCO, a.k.a. General Electric, a.k.a. the U.S. government under Obama, did you know they told them to burn the radioactive material? Do you know why? Because that way you spread it all over Japan. And that way, the incident of cancer becomes spread out. And from a legalistic perspective, the liability for General Electric goes down. Tell me again about how the government is going to print its way out of its problems. Please. It's a race condition. And when it comes to logic and efficiency, 
the government always loses. Once again, what did Dr. Freckles say? The government can't print money fast enough to fix the problems created by printed money or the government. It's about opportunities missed. I mean, think about all the stupid space program crap we did. We might have had a good space program, which means it would have been private, but instead we wasted it on dumb stuff that really went nowhere, like the space shuttle. It's about all the radioactive dumpster fires we leave behind, not just the pit of gumptus we gave to the Marshall Islanders. If you look around the world today, just public record. There are tons of sites created by the DOD that are EPA Superfund sites, toxic gunctus left over from warfare manufacturing, nuclear weapons manufacturing, you name it. That's the debt. That's the debt. It's not the printed money, that's it. It's the millions since World War II, the millions of Koreans, Vietnamese people, people from Honduras, people from Iraq, people from Afghanistan. It is the millions of people killed in wars around the world for what? They say freedom. It looks a lot like someone else's paycheck. Those are opportunities, brothers and sisters. You may think of them as just a family that got knocked out by a Hellfire missile, but actually there could have been a kid a girl, a boy, who would have done something for this world, something positive that doesn't involve blowing up families. You think the debt is the paper, you're wrong. The debt is all the stupid shit this government's been doing my whole goddamn life and probably pretty much from the beginning. That's the debt, brothers and sisters, and believe me, you do not want to know how big that is when, you know, time runs out. Next topic. I have an idea, but, but it's a dumb idea because rule of law was never a thing. The Constitution was always bullshit and government is crap. So I, I as an anarchist, um, am going to propose an idea, but I also know that it's absurd. But here's an idea. If you want to go to war with China or Russia or Iran or Iraq or Afghanistan, if you want to blow up people in Haiti, here's an idea. For every man, woman, and child that you cannot prove is a combatant that you kill, you have to write a 1,000-word essay, and you have to apologize. And, uh, don't worry about the money. You can give that, too. But I would just assume have every general write a 1,000-word essay for every single person they kill, man, woman, and child, that you really can't say is a soldier. Write an essay. It'll never happen. It's pointless. This system is about to collapse. So this type of proposal is idiotic. But here's the thing. It's so easy to kill if you don't have to think about it. It is. It's so easy to kill. That's why, you know, oh my gosh. That's why the, the Milgram experiment is so stupid. It's such a dumb experiment. Brothers and sisters, 
Adolf Eichmann pushed paper. He didn't have to see any Jews killed if he didn't want to. He might have wanted to, but he didn't have to. And believe me, the bureaucrats that worked for him, that oiled the machinery of the final solution, they could go home at night, never smell any ashes from burning bodies, never see one Jewish person or gay person or any other mongrel person as defined by Nazi freaks killed. That's how it works. Call it mechanical distance. Call it whatever you want to. In the modern age, lots of people kill lots of people. And because they do it through more than one degree of separation, they don't think they're doing anything wrong. I know some people. Oh, for 20 years, Dan, why don't you get into flipping houses? Dan, why don't you flip some houses with that Fannie Freddie money? Why don't you take your VA loan and flip some houses? Thing is, though, I saw all the homeless people. I saw all the hookers up and down Aurora Avenue in recovery summer 2010. Thank you, Joseph Biden. Every hundred feet, mother-daughter pairs. I saw the reality of that bullshit. But these people don't understand what they're doing because they can't think past one plus one. They can't go past the narrow little scheme of bullshit that's stuck in their head. You have been forcing people into the street, Seattle, and then you complain about it. A wave is coming. A wave is coming. If there is a God, it will be a brutally just wave. And if there is no God, you might be triply fucked. But if you're one of these motherfuckers who've been flipping houses for 20 years thinking you weren't hurting nobody, there you go, Milgram. You can get people to do incredibly shitty things if you do a couple things. You put them into a public school so they come out idiots. That's number one. And if you can separate the act from the initiation of the act, if you can separate the homelessness from the flipping, if you can convince people the homeless people are all drug users and lazy and garbage, that's how that works, Milgram. You don't have some lab coat guy. You don't have earphones hearing people being tortured. No, you're a fucking idiot. It works because people never see it. We live in an age where people can be killed, can people's lives can be destroyed, where worlds are destroyed and people participate and they say to themselves, why are these tragedies happening? Because they cannot reason. They didn't go through that, you know, they didn't even go through the minimal Piaget stage of being able to connect A to B. They do not understand. And then you could say, well, Dan, how can you hold them accountable? You know how I can? Because I've spoken to some of these people. And they claim to have thoughts and open-mindedness. They claim to have reason. Many claim to have a college degree. Which I think implies they can read. And so, yeah, in some cases you can plead ignorance. But no, brothers and sisters. The reality is a lot of these fuckers know just like a lot of the fucking Germans knew on a deep level. If all they did was push paper, if all they did was schedule trains and they go home at night and get their minimal Nazi dinner with their minimal Nazi drink, they still knew. They'd hear the rationals, oh, the Jews are going to Madagascar. Oh, the homeless people, they're all drug addicts. 
Didn't you see that documentary, Seattle is Dying? Did you hear my podcast, Seattle is Lying? Fuck you. No waves coming for you, baby. And if there is no God, that wave will be worse, actually. Next topic. Ugh, some of these I don't even want to talk about. A lot of notes from the last few weeks. I need to push through them. I was going to talk about getting the vaccine, which I haven't gotten. And I don't care if you have. As a Christian, I don't think the vaccine is the quote-unquote mark of the beast. I think it might be the first step. If we're in tribulation, I don't think it is. I think it could be a way to kill people, but it also could be just another big psyop, and I really don't know yet. So I think I'm going to skip that topic. Linear endism. Oh, boy. So the elite in this country want, it, want you to believe in something called linear endism. And it really is just a refinement of the progress theory. And frankly, there are little cyclical versions of this, you know, Strauss and Howe bullshit, fourth turning bullshit, whatever. Here's what I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters. There are historical events in human history that don't amount to a hill of beans unless there is a poet there to write a story. And then there are historical events in human history that can shatter history, kind of like the 14th century crisis, kind of like the collapse of the Western Roman Empire. Lots of events like that. And they're not small, and sometimes they're so big that history itself resets. But the current elite want you to believe all that's behind us, all of it's behind us, all we have now is a slope going up of super technology and super pills and super tubes. And like the FEMA camps and like the bus signs in Seattle that give you the schedule from three years ago, it's not going to work. But it's what they sell. It's kind of like that Francis Fukuyama bullshit, the end of history. Only a douchebag would either believe or preach that shit at this point. History doesn't end. History doesn't begin. spend time on Francis Fukuyama and endism because it's a load of bullshit. History hasn't ended. Believe me, a lot of people are about to get an education on this. Um, history hasn't ended. History hasn't begun. History is what it is. If you're a Christian, you may, be, you may believe in the concept of the epic. The epic between, well, really being kicked out of Eden and the end times. And if you do believe in that whole period of time, that complete Judeo-Christian arc, and there's a lot of little sub-arcs in there, again, you know, dispensational theory aside, the Judeo-Christian cosmology does believe in an end. But 
it really is more than just the end of history. In some ways, it's about the end of everything that's about this world. Which means everything in the book of Ecclesiastes eventually ends. Yeah, it is what it is until then, but it does end. That's not what the elite talk about, though. The elite talk about the impossible to stop super future, and because they're good grifters and because Hollywood is on their side, people believe it. They eat it up. Eventually, when they can't eat, they'll stop listening. <laughs> That's going to be a funny day for a lot of people. Given all the people I used to respect who have wholeheartedly put on masks and shoved poison into their arms, or a placebo, who the fuck knows, dumbass, but given all the motherfuckers I used to know who've told me about the pleasures of taking one of the half dozen warp speed poisons that have been given to them, I've now, as I've said, I, I ignore all health advice. If you have health advice from me, fuck you! 2021, don't give me any. If there's a kind Lord in heaven, I'll just stroke out in the night. Fuck you. But I'm thinking about smoking cigarettes again. I've talked about this. I've talked about this. But I'm telling you, now is the time. Smoke them if you got them. I'm beginning to think, you know, cigarettes cause cancer. Who knows? Maybe that's bullshit too, right? I mean, something does cause the cancer. What if it's not the cigarettes? Oh, but the government and the, you know, the scientists, they wouldn't ever, you know, lie to us. So I'm, I'm thinking of smoking cigarettes again. I really am. The problem with cigarettes for me is that it takes a couple weeks for them to re really be tasty. I've mostly been not smoking, so it takes a little bit of time to build it up get it into your system, get that morning cigarette routine going. So I'm focusing on it. If I get one fucking email telling me it's bad for my health, I swear to God, I'll probably send you back a picture of a penis. May or may not be mine. Next topic. Next topic. Oh, a YouTube video. I don't want to talk about film direct. You know what? We're done with, we're done with that next topic. Full faith and credit. Full faith and credit. There are a lot of people, to include Chinese communists, that actually believe they're going to get paid. I mean, listen, I, I don't like the Chinese government any more than I like my own. But if you want any advice, Chai Coms, you need to dump all the treasuries as soon as possible. But what I'm thinking is the Chinese communists are probably just as much owned by the deep state as the Soviets were. And in that scenario, when I'm talking to the Chai Coms, I'm really just talking to the fucking CIA. So no, fuck you. But anywho... Imagine somebody thinking they're going to get paid back from the U.S. government, but then something happens on your way home from that meeting. 
breaking news. Breaking news. An old engine chief has awakened from eternal sleep. Breaking news. Breaking news, human race. The old engine chief has awoken from the eternal sleep to explain to chai comms and people with 401ks and pension funds and the cow purse nonsense. The old engine chief has rose in the grave to tell you about how the U.S. government honors its commitments. Believe me, please, Mr. and Mrs. Oh, but I did everything I was told. Why don't you consult the old engine chief? Why don't you consult the shaman on the res and ask that person how the United States government honors its commitments? That's a nice conversation. And then you need to tell them, but, 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 but I served in the military. Yeah, fucker. Can I tell you about the 37 millimeter Hotchkiss cannons at Wounded Knee? And they were mostly used on men, women, and children. <laughs> Honor your commitments. Yeah, can I tell you about Tuskegee or about illegal radiological experimentation? Honor your fucking commitments. We already talked about the Marshall Islander bullshit. Honor your commitments. Full faith and credit. There are people who are owed money by the United States government. And they truly believe, they truly, truly believe that they're going to get paid back. And I, I can imagine an old Native American chief rising from the grave to punch them in the fucking face. Next topic. Oh, I don't want to talk about Tristan Snell. I'm not even sure he's a real person. He posted something on Twitter when I had a Twitter account. And if you go to the notes, you'll see it. He says, you don't know what's in Tylenol. You don't know what's in Coca-Cola. You don't know what's in a hamburger. You don't know how your car works. You don't know how your phone works. You don't know how your AC works. Ergo, someone does though. It's a division of labor. Get back. So let's talk about this for a second. First, rhetorically, this is shit. So even if all Tristan Snell was going for was rhetoric, he's a dumbass. But logically, this is called a non sequitur. None of these things are connected to each other. Even if you assume you don't know what's in Tylenol, how the fuck does that mean you should get the vaccination? Really? You don't know what's in Tylenol. So why don't you pick up that scary dude who's been leering at you you know, and give them a ride home at midnight. You don't know what's in Tylenol, so why don't you just, you know, go to the fucking open market in Hong Kong and eat some fucking bat? Because you don't know what's in Tylenol. Get vaxxed. What a fucking dumbass. Anywho, I don't care. A lot of these social media people are not real, just like Tristan. And even if they are real, they're total pieces of shit. Next topic. So before I left Seattle, and I brought this up again, I had dinner with a person that used to be like someone I knew, a friend, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call that, a person I had a relationship with, probably a pretty shitty one. This friend connected the death of their friend who was 50 to the fact that I believe, and I still believe, the COVID is a PSYOP. It's mostly bullshit. I gotta say, if you want to guarantee that a person is never going to fucking sit down at a table with you again, connect the 
an irrational murder like Tristan Snell to not knowing what's in Tylenol, do that. Because I can, I can guarantee a guy like me is never going to see you again. Talk to you again, ever. Here's what I'll tell you as someone who's worked around hospitals. If you have a loved one that the hospital said died of Rona, investigate. If you had a kid that the hospital said died of Rona, investigate. It is far more likely that the hospital's management of hospital-acquired infection killed that kid. Let me look up some documents from Microsoft Amalga. What do you guys think? You, you want to do that really quick? Some documents I put up a while back. This is going to be fun. These are documents that were released as a matter of the sunshine laws in Washington State. Let's, let's, let's take a look. Let's take a look at this really quick, okay? What do we, what do we say here about Microsoft Amalga? I, I want to really read the good stuff because it's really good stuff. Oh, here's what it says. Amalga drops critical ADT messages. Amalga drops critical ADT messages. The link to this is in my documents, my website. It is a release of documents. It is an article written by a director at Harborview Medical Center. And of the many things Amalga would do is it would fail to transmit messages. You say, well, Dan, why is that important? Well, this gets back to something called hospital-acquired infection and something called infectious disease reporting. An ADT message is admit, discharge, transfer. When you get admitted, like the ER, for example, or if you walk in, when you get discharged, that's when you leave. And what happens in the hospital are transfers, transfer orders. You get transferred to radiology. You get transferred to surgery. You get transferred back to your room. These messages contain information like, did little Jimmy have MRSA in room 6? Did little Jimmy have a fungal infection in room 7? Do you want to put old Grandma Mabel in little Jimmy's room post-op? Probably not. Let's hope we didn't miss the wrong message. Mr. and Mrs. Microsoft Amalga. Mr. and Mrs. Douchebag. Here's the deal. Um, I have the link to the Microsoft Amalga release documents, um, just to, to remind you if I've talked about this before. When I went to the Seattle Times about that disaster, Microsoft actually threatened to sue them. So I don't know. I don't. There was no journalism in 2011. There is no journalism today, and all the documents weren't even there. The ones that actually specifically talk about. Uh, infectious disease, disease reports being wrong, those were omitted. Oh, because it was a blip, Dan. Listen, if you're dropping ADT messages in HL7, you're probably missing something. And if you're missing MRSA, old grandma Mabel's going to find it. Post-op. 
So, for all you fuckers out there, especially the motherfucker that linked her friend's death to me, why don't you fucking grow a pair and use some common sense? Prior to 2020, hospitals were killing, and this is just an estimate, between two and 300,000 Americans a year from hospital-acquired infection. Prior to the Rona in 2020, Seattle's Children's Hospital, considered a premier hospital, was being sued by several families because their kids died of fungal infections. Do you want me to keep going, dumbass? You want to complain about the Rona, the people not getting vaccinated? Why don't you investigate the hospitals? Why don't you sue them and find out the truth? Uh, believe me, you sue some of those administrative turds. I know them. I met them. They're cowards. They'll squeal. But you don't want to know the truth because it's better to go to sleep at night believing a lie that'll make you feel better. Your linear endism can end when everyone's vaccinated. You got a rude awakening coming in, sister. You have a rude awakening right down the road. Fuck you. You would go to a person you know and, and link them to that, but you would never investigate the hospital. Fuck you. You would go to a person you know and link them to that, but you'd never investigate Big Pharma. Fuck you. Is it clear? If you're listening, you're not. But if you are, fuck you. Dumbass. And your masters in public administration, which of all the shitty waste of time almost as much a waste of time as my master's in history. Fuck you. Next topic. Next topic, brothers and sisters. We're just cooking along, having conversations, baby. You know, it's funny, um, I have I have a bunch of topics I'm going to skip over because I feel like they're just not relevant. Like the one about the FBI seizing people's vaults in Beverly Hills. Who cares? If you did not know what was going on after what happened in Cyprus, and I think it was 2013, where... Lots of people's money was just stolen. And I think that was one of their little crooked experiments. If you've been confused about this, then you know, stay confused. Think this is news. It's not. So I recently bought a 50-pound recurve bow. And so far, it's a pretty good bow. I can't say that I'm good at shooting it, but so far it's a good bow. I'm getting better. I got six arrows with it when I got it, and... I'm down to three that are still not damaged totally. So the one thing I'll say is if you shoot a lot of arrows, you are going to damage them, even if you use, you know, even if you have ideal um, archery targets and whatnot. But I did. I recently bought this 50-pound bow. And one of the coolest things about it is you, you do realize how much energy you can transfer kinetically through, through what's called torsional storage. That's what's, that's how the energy is stored in certain types of weapons like crossbows, bone arrows, ballista, and certain types of catapults. I said catapult, not trebuchet. Trebuchet basically just uses gravity on a swivel. But um, torsional energy 
is that twisting energy that stores it. And then when it's released, that's, that's where you get the power. So anywho, I've been shooting this bow and arrow and it, and it really can shoot a long ways. And I was thinking if you were just messed up in the head and you completely, you know, blew a gasket, I could imagine sitting in the backyard with a six pack of beer and just firing these things at like a 45 degree angle in random directions. If you live in a tight neighborhood and the buildings aren't too high, you never know where in that neighborhood that arrow is going to land. And I call it the arrow. The arrow of Danicles. It's a drunken arrow. And it's heading right for you. It's a drunken arrow. I don't know. I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. But still, that, that thing can hurl. hurl. And during the BLM crap, I wish I'd had that recurve. Because I think if I'd had it, I would have chucked arrows at the Antifa and BLM freaks who were clearly not afraid of the monkey herpes uh, or any other kind of herpes. I, that would have been a lot of fun. I don't really care if, oh, but Dan, you might have harmed, I might have harmed an agent of chaos. I might have harmed a servant of Satan. And if there is no God, I might have harmed just a nasty, Seattle, wretched, LARPing piece of shit. But man, that would have been fun for a while. The sword of Danicles, the arrow of Danicles. Oh, I don't want to talk about the COVID lie anymore. Overestimating the enemy. You know, a lot of people talk about underestimating the enemy, and that's bad. But sometimes overestimating is worse, you know, kind of like McClellan during the Siege of Richmond. There are times when you make out your enemy to be far more dangerous and far more powerful than your, your enemy actually is. And in the process, you lose. You know, you might not lose the war, but you end up losing battles and maybe you do lose the war. So I do think underestimating your opponent is bad, but I also think overestimating your opponent could be as bad or worse. It can lead to a kind of paralysis. It can lead to inaction. If people believe there are giant Prussian cannon outside of Richmond and don't have the courage to find out it's just logs painted black, that's bad. Next topic. Yes, indeed. We're, we're cooking through the last week, few weeks of notes here. Isn't this great, brothers and sisters? I don't know. Christmas is canceled. So there have been a lot of these logistical stories. Um, I have one here from Zero Hedge. Let's see if it's really from the Epic Times. <laughs> no, this one's from Zero Hedge. And this comes from September the 26th, about a month ago. Written by the, you know, nom de plume, Tyler Durden. Who the fuck knows which is Vestius Sovietological author wrote this. Headline, UK, that's the United Kingdom to you that went to like the cartoon school. UK has 10 days to save Christmas. Retail sector warns. 
Wow, 10 days to save Christmas. I'm not going to read this whole story, but this is another one of those logistics stories. You know, there's not enough logistics. We don't have enough, you know, people working. Plenty of jobs. Nobody wants them. A lot of this is bullshit, brothers and sisters. There are lots of people out there who would go to work tomorrow. But because of a lot of bureaucratic bullshit and because of the fact that we now have a lot of Rona bullshit, a lot of people are simply going into the black market. Guess who will be in the black market soon or dead? And I'm almost there, brothers and sisters. I'm very close, especially if Biden gets his $600 tracking thingy. I'll be saying fuck you to the banking system, fuck you to the mobile phone plan, and obviously fuck you to the IRS. And if you're listening, IRS, did you hear me? Giant fuck you. Fuck you. I don't want to talk about the hypersonic weapon bullshit. I have another note in here about... So back in the 1960s, if you don't know, the CIA and the Department of Defense would go to Capitol Hill and tell the politicians, Oh my God. Oh my God. There's a missile gap. Oh my God. Oh my God. We got to build more missiles and more nukes. Now, of course, you should know already, um, you know, spoiler alert, this was bullshit. Well, in the last couple of years, we've had all these articles about hypersonic missiles from China and hypersonic missiles from Russia. And what's really interesting is for the previous couple decades, we were constantly told how behind the Russians are and how dumb they are. You know, when you start correlating the propaganda, you find out that you'd have to be an idiot to believe any of it. What I do think is true is the hypersonic missile gap is just the same old missile gap bullshit next topic. Oh my god. I don't want to talk about GoDaddy. I really, really don't want to talk. I've already talked enough about GoDaddy next topic. Oh, we're almost done here. Second string, third string. We're done. We're done. Isn't that great? It was painful, but we've gotten through four weeks worth of notes. And what have we learned, brothers and sisters? Nothing. You learned nothing. You get nothing. Christmas is canceled. All the ships are sinking. The teddy bear has asbestos. That little toy you want to give your little boy is made of toxic metal. The child will choke on it. Christmas is canceled. Christmas is canceled, brothers and sisters. The hackers have hacked the sausage factory. The Russians have hacked your supply of gumptus juice. The North Koreans, the North Koreans, they stole your kid's keyboard.
yeah, that's it. Um, it's possible that in the next few weeks, um, depending upon what happens at GoDaddy, it kind of looks right right now. I'm going to have to do a bunch of work to eliminate possibilities, but it's possible in the next few weeks that the internet presence I have of the podcast will be gone. And I don't know how many people give a fuck. I don't have any means of determining that. And on a certain level, I don't give a shit. If I get concerned about podcasts in 2021, like not having one is a big deal, then I have a mental issue. And if you have a podcast or a YouTube channel or a house flipping scheme or some other kind of scumbaggery and you're worried about it, you're not just a dumbass shithead, but you're also a corrupt shithead and you're solving problems from two years ago. That world is over. Gone. I don't know what's coming. I know what's not coming. I'm pretty certain I can eliminate what Vestia and Pravda are telling me. But that other world is gone. And if you keep longing after it, after it, you'll be dead. If you think you can vote your way back to it, you're going to be dead. And if you think you can pray to Jesus saying, bring us back that corrupt shithole that gave us the Rona PSYOP and forced people to suicide and drug overdose and untreated cancers and untreated heart disease. If you think Jesus is going to give you back that satanic bulwark from which the devil's minions jumped, you're crazy and you're going to be dead. But thank you for listening. This has been marinated monkey meat. It's tasty for you. It's tasty for me. The Japanese love it. Along with their underwear dispensers used. You too can raise rabbit and sell it as marinated monkey meat. If all you got are seagulls, if all you got are slugs, if all you have are cockroaches, you can sell marinated monkey meat. If you got a cat, a bad cat, maybe it has diabetes, maybe it's got some tumors. If you got an old cat, and you need to make a few bucks, you can sell marinated monkey meat on Etsy. And you can have a merry fucking Christmas pretty soon, right? <laughs>